Lighthouse Whiskey Club podcast. Uh, we are here at Southern Grace Distilleries. Thank you so much for the hospitality today. Would you please introduce yourselves to all the listeners? I'm Leanne Powell. I'm the CEO and one of the founders of Southern Grace Distilleries, otherwise known as Whiskey Prison. Yes, yes. The the, the whiskey warden, as I saw. <laughs> the warden of whiskey. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> perfect, perfect. And who are you now? And I'm Marty Kenning. Awesome. And I am one of the distillers as well as, as uh, chief of operations. Awesome. So you do a great job with, uh, with, the, dist- with the distillation. Earlier we talked to Sebastian, um, who is also in charge of some of that, um, and all the other crew. As soon as we pulled in here, um, you know, it's a legit prison. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, that was what was kind of interesting is you kind of don't really know what to expect and and Alex immediately was all excited because this is perfect for videography and, and photos. So um, tell us about uh, Conviction Bourbon, Sundog, um, the whole works here that you got going. It's pretty interesting. Sure. Uh, Sundog 130 is really our mother sauce. It's what we make everything out of. It's a white whiskey that's 88% corn and 12% malted barley. Um, it was recently named one of the five best moonshines in America. Mm. We're really proud of that. Yes, you should be. And, um, after the, we figured out how to make the white whiskey and, uh, we won a couple of gold medals. We decided it was time to make bourbon. So we moved into the prison in, uh, September of 2016. And at that time we still only had the Sundog 130 as our product. And then we added Sundog Pink Lemonade. Sundog Apple Dumpling, Sundog Habanero, and something we're especially proud of, Zero Dark um, 130, which is um, a 100-proof version of our Sundog. Our Sundog 130 is 130-proof. Um, but that one, we make a contribution to, to charities for all of our different products. And for that one, it is the North Carolina um, USO to help support the Wounded Warriors Unit at Fort Bragg. So, Very cool. Very and that cool. one has names of veterans and uh, from our families and some fallen soldiers that we've worked with their families. And so every Sundog uh, has a contribution to a certain charity, correct? It does. It does. And then our Conviction Bourbon came out last November. Um, it just turned a, a year old as a brand, and uh, we're really proud of it. It's won a double gold medal. And uh, we make a contribution to the Carolina Farm Stewardship Association for that because you can't have bourbon without corn. You can't have corn without farmers. That's right. Absolutely. We spoke to a meteorologist uh, not long ago about that. And we said, perfect, because grain makes corn and corn makes whiskey. So, But you're right. So we were talking about farmers earlier. Um, and that contribution is, is, you know, means a lot to us, you know, being from Iowa uh, Iowa Hawkeye fans out there, American needs farmers and the NF thing. So that also means a lot to us as well. I mean, has it been, uh, it's obviously been very successful. The bottle looks like it should be a prison bottle, which is what I love <laughs> about it. Um, but what, what was the choice to, uh, you said it was 88%. What was that? Well, why would, why did you guys start with that choice? Well, we looked at a lot of different combinations and a lot of them with rye. Um, and, Honestly, I, I didn't like the taste. They they were just a little hot for me. And my feeling was we weren't going to make a good bourbon unless we could make a good white dog. And that was the best one that, that we could make. Um, we make it with North Carolina corn, 100% North Carolina corn. And uh, unfortunately, we can't source the barley locally, um, but uh, we use American barley. And our whole point of starting this distillery was to 
make something in the USA. And by law, bourbon is one of the few products on the planet that has to be made in the USA. Um, and hopefully we're helping redevelop the little town we're in. Uh, Mount Pleasant, North Carolina has about 1,800 people in it. And we're, we're really proud to be here. And we started with just two employees. Uh, now we're to uh, 12. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. One thing that, you know, that really uh, what, what I was mindful of earlier that you were talking about was the community aspect of it. And when this prison um, shut down, essentially, and what it was used for, uh, that was that's an interesting topic to talk about of, as far as what to do with all the water and uh, all the people who lost their jobs and how well it supported the town. Talk a little bit about that. Well, the town of Mount Pleasant actually recruited us because they were looking for a new water customer because their residents, because we'd had three textile mills closed down here in the prison, the commercial custom customer base was basically gone. So all the residents were having to support the entire water system by themselves. So they recruited us, and um, we could not be happier to be here and happy to buy our water from the town of Mount Pleasant. Yeah, yeah. So um, the, the, the town got its water back. What how what what number was uh, what number of employee were you when you came on board? Um, I think you were eleven. Okay. Eleven. There 11. you go. Eleven. When I yeah yeah he's he's been with us a lot longer as a volunteer. Sure, but, sure. Um, but, yeah. yeah. And you travel back and forth between Minnesota, so you, we like uh, we close to roots from where we are. That's nice. <laughs> yep. um, where did you get your experience of distilling whiskey um, and everything that you do? Well, I learned most of the distilling stuff just straight from Sebastian and just follow what, what he does and, and just yeah make, make the same stuff. We're trying to make the same product over and over again, so I copy what he does. Um, in addition to that, I do a lot of other stuff around here you know, just to keep the whole place rolling. There's yeah. uh, just There's a lot going on. You, you, you it's a it. beast. Sure. No, it <laughs> is a, a lot of stuff beast. to yeah, t- talk about the room that we're in and the different, uh, you know, what each room is used for because, sure. you know, this facility works perfect uh, for uh, a distillery. We are sitting in a four cell block prison that was originally designed to hold 60 prisoners per wing, uh, per, per cell block. Uh, the one we're in, we're actually in bonded. Um, in a room off of bonded is where the day room was, where the prisoners would you know, I guess watch TV or whatever. And, um, this is now our conference room and we, um, this room is, is sort of dedicated to the military. You see the flags over there. They all have meaning for me personally. That was my daddy's war. Um, there's a desert storm battle flag. That was my dad's, um, a very large flag that was flying over the Capitol on the 10th anniversary of nine 11 that my former boss flew over. Um, the Capitol, and then a Wounded Warriors Project flag, which is, a, you know, a, a charity we support. They don't accept liquor money, so that's oh, really? why we give to the North Carolina USO, but we support them in any way we can. Wow. So. I didn't know that they didn't support liquor money. Well, there are a lot of organizations that don't. Like, we, we support the Breast Cancer Research Foundation through uh, with our Pink Lemonade because Susan Komen doesn't accept liquor money, and we, we understand that. Sure. We, we still just want to do good. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that's awesome. Now, one of the things we heard about earlier was speaking of the prison. Um, that's always fascinating, I think, for probably most people to hear is the people who come back who were once you know prison inmates mm-hmm. that were here. Uh, talk a little bit about that and specifically some of the stories of some of the repairmen that came in. 
Oh, yes. Um, so we have um, a number of folks that, that have, as they will always say, a little sheepishly, I, I used to live here. That, that's how <laughs> they normally say it. I used to live here. Um, one gentleman, uh, the first person to mow the grass at this place, um, um, uh, Mr. Langford, he, used, he had some DUIs and he was a prisoner here at one point in fact showed me a, a place that had been breached in the fence that was sort of a, apparently he felt like he was betraying yeah. uh, his comrades that but he was like well now it's not a prison I guess it's okay for me to show you this was their secret way in and out um, that's so cool <laughs> and then most recently um, a former guard from here uh, came on a tour and um, he was telling me a story about someone who had been in here who was a life imprisoned person. He had started in maximum security, and then the person had behaved well, so they worked their way down to this facility. And the gentleman had been part of a work release program that um, was actually ended by the state, and he was so upset because we have a little hamburger place here called Whataburger. And when he was out, he would be able to go to Whataburger, and he was so upset he broke out, went to Whataburger, came back, and basically, you know, rang the bell out there for a guard to come let him in. And he was like, well, what are you going to do to me? Put me in prison? Yeah. Um, so the he guard... He obviously came back. He, he <laughs> came back, and the guard said that they let him eat his Whataburger because what were you going to do at that yeah. point? And he he didn't try and sneak back in because he didn't want to drop his food trying to go oh back over the goodness. fence. This must so. be a damn good burger. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it this. is. You need to try it out. You break out of prison in order to go get it. Absolutely. <laughs> so we're in uh, North Carolina. We've traveled over this way. Um, do you want to talk just a little bit about the history of uh, bourbon whiskey in this neck of the woods? Because you're talking that it has quite a steeped history. So I thought... It's quite interesting. It it does. Um, you know, in this particular county, um, Cabarrus County, we're right outside Charlotte, we actually are home to the largest liquor bust in North Carolina history of a moonshine still. The moonshine still was was busted in March of 1968, and I checked with the Attorney General's office. It still stands as the largest bust ever. They were supplying folks all the way up to Philadelphia. And get this, they were producing 600 gallons a day with underground stills. They had built this underground distillery under a barn so people would walk in the barn and then go through a trap door. In fact, the niece of the gentleman who led that, um, Darnell, actually comes and helps us bottle. So we've got a little moonshine royalty here from time That's to really time. That's really cool. Um, we've got a poster here, and it's really cool. I'll have to show it to you that it's this ad and it's a pre-prohibition ad and it looks like something you'd see folks have now because it's the it's the the uh, revenuers coming up behind and it's the hogs eating the mash that are left over and people like out out in the the uh in the woods basically so it's very similar to a lot of the sort of moonshine marketing you see now and to think that that's pre-prohibition but um that was a a um, an actual company that was a legal company obviously just over in the next county and um when prohibition came through it sort of wiped out a lot of the legal stuff and we were left with the illegal stuff um most famous of all being junior johnson and learning him learning to drive fast as someone who was running liquor and that's what led to the creation of nascar 
And this is NASCAR country. This so. is NASCAR country. Our county is home of the Charlotte Motor Speedway. Um, and many, many folks come and tour the speedway and then come over here and, and see how we do this. And um, folks seem to love the, the tie between NASCAR and, and whiskey. So, so Southern Grace, how, how did how did that get its start and where did the name come from and how, how did sure. we finally land in this prison? <laughs> well, I don't know that I would have named it Southern Grace if I'd known we were going to land in prison, but, um, <laughs> but it was my partner, Tom Thacker and I, um, went the other founder and he and I both have little girls in our life named Grace. So that's sort of where that came from. And the fact that we wanted to do this in a, tr- in the true Southern sense, um, we both love whiskey. Um, he is, I think, a certified bourbon aficionado. Um, and, you know, this was a dream of his to be able to open a whiskey distillery. And for me, if we had both been involved in politics and we wanted to get into an honest line of work. And I thought it would be great to make something in the USA and keep some of the promises that we've been making in our political career ourselves, you know, and help redevelop a community and to make jobs, hopefully, that will yeah. never go away. They certainly won't be shipped overseas. Oh, really? Uh, because no. you can only make bourbon Yeah, in that's the US. true. Yeah, if you had any other products, though, I guess. But um, right now, you're just sticking to this. It's we important. are. We make whiskey. That's what we do. I love it. I love it. And what's, what's neat about it is that you guys haven't done a whole lot of renovation, technically. I mean, you've put money into it for fire codes and stuff like that, mm-hmm. obviously, to make it an operating U.S. business. Yeah. But... You know, there's still paint that kind of still comes off the walls. There's still, you know, the 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 cells, you know, still look like old cells, and I love that about this. Wow. You know, you don't want to change that. I love the uh, the actual distillery portion where the stills are. That is, what did you say you, you called it earlier? It's uh, a. It, it, it was a dormitory. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it wasn't the. It's not the best looking thing, oh. but it makes the best whiskey, right? Isn't that what you said? We we say our stills are workhorses, not show horses. Yes, that's what it is. That's what it is. I love that about it. See, that's what I love about the South is there's there's always these little sayings for a little everything. I well, love it's because it. we repurpose everything. It's I perfect. mean, I don't know if y'all saw it, but our water heater where we heat up the water for the mash. No. It's a prison sink that I took to the fabricators, yes. and it's now an elevated um, water heater. Um, we literally, I mean, we're sour mash whiskey. We recycle literally the stuff left over in the still. I love it. Um, so we're, we're all about recycling here. That's cool. Now, there's obviously a lot of room to expand here. You have, uh, well, you have the smoke room that's out there. Uh, the hot room, the hot the box, hot box. Sorry. The hot box. that was mm-hmm. used to essentially torture prisoners at one point in time that you guys are using. Talk a little bit about that. That, that was a neat story. Well, we're trying to make something good out of something that was bad. There sure. are only two of these hot boxes left standing in, in North Carolina. Um, most folks have probably seen um, Cool Hand Luke, and they've seen the scene where you do this, a night in the box, a night in the box, and it, the night in the box was supposed to be so dreaded that it would make prisoners behave. Um, what ended up happening, especially in places like North Carolina, where if you were put in the box, you were put in for 30 days at the time. So we had thousands of prisoners who died throughout the South in these hot boxes. So we're glad that we can turn this into something good, hopefully. Um, and again, as we, as we sell these products that are aged there, we're given to charity. I love it. That's so cool. That's so cool. And then across the board, uh, or, or across the way a little bit, you've got the old dormitory, correct? 
that what that, that is where you have some music blasting, some awesome music that you walk through and you can't help but uh, start moving a little bit. Uh, so you're doing sound wave, uh, using sound waves in order to help age the whiskey faster, which is fascinating. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in love with that uh, idea. Talk a little bit about that. Sure. Uh, sonic aging has been used at other distillers as well. I think when we started, we were maybe the third distillery to do it. Uh, since that time, Metallica um, has come out with their own brand that um, is aged with their music. And I must say, Inner Sandman is on our playlist and Perfect. our barrels love it. Um and we um, we are really happy that it has turned out as well as it has. I don't know that it ages our bourbon that much faster, but it certainly makes it smoother because it's rubbing up against that charcoal over and over and over again, smoothing it out. Yeah, I mean, you can feel the barrels uh, vibrating, especially at your volume, which is what I, which is why I enjoyed the most. <laughs> when the boss rolled in, it was like, this is what I want, the way I like to listen to it, and it got turned up all the way. That's perfect. That's a good building to do it in, especially with the climate um, that, you, that you have here. Uh, it's very, very hot at some points and humid, and it can also get very cold at some points. So you have that variation. And then the sound wave also helps kind of create another element, which is fantastic. Yeah, our climate is very similar to what you find in Kentucky. And I think, you know, we're we're really proud to have, as of right now, the only rack house that is not inside the, the distillery. You know, ours gets the extremes, the heat, the cold. The, the rough times, which, you know, as they say in Kentucky, all that, all that, those hard times make really smooth whiskey. <laughs> um, so we're used to, you know, stepping behind the bar to try some whiskeys, but in this case, we've literally gone behind bars to try your whiskeys. Do you want to, for someone who hasn't been here, can you help kind of paint that picture of what it, what it looks like and the surroundings and all the rest of it? Because we are locked in as we speak now. We were we padlocked. Uh, we we had our mug shots taken uh, in the chapel. Uh, we've walked around the grounds and checked out all these different outhouses uh, and buildings over the land. And it's kind of just, uh, 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 the perimeter has barbed wire and all the rest of it. Do you want to kind of describe what it what it looks like painting that picture and what that means for the whiskeys you're making because that that translates through right it we feel it does um if you come here to whiskey prison you check in at the old guard house where the prison visitors used to check in um you look out across what used to be the prisoner visitation area it used to be behind the fence we've removed the fence to make it a little easier because we do things like food truck fridays and or might have a band out on uh, our little stage we built, but um, when the prisoners were here, if it was if it was bad weather, you were still visiting your folks outside. It's these um, these these cement uh, picnic tables, and I can remember as a child, um, my grandma lived in the next uh, her family lived in the next town over, and we would drive past here on Sundays when we go visiting, and my grandma would tell all the kids in the car, "Now y'all be good, or you're going to end up down there." And my mama has loved telling everybody that of all the children, I'm the one that ended up down here. Um, but you get to feel like you know you're experiencing a little bit of what a prisoner did um, when you come in. You after you check in, you go into the old prison chapel. 
which is really cool. It was built in 1970 by all the area churches came together to build a chapel here. Um, you go in there, you, there are two little rooms that used to be like Sunday school rooms. One, you can do your mugshot when you do your behind bars photo. And then you watch uh, about a 15 minute film that talks about the history, um, interviews with prison guards, that sort of thing. And then you get to actually come behind the gates. Um, you take a tour of manufacturing, which is the building we're in now, the four cell block um, prison dorm that was built in 1987. And then you go to the hot box and then you go to our rack house, which is the old 1929 dorm. Uh, And then you wind up in the old mess hall where the prisoners would eat. And that's where our gift shop and tasting room are. Um, Some other cool things we also do. We have an after dark tour once a month and you do basically the tour beyond these buildings. We go in the old barbershop, the old commissary, the old classrooms, um, and we do it all after dark, and it's a flashlight tour. So that's really popular. A lot of folks love doing that, too. I bet that's that's popular in Halloween and stuff, too. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's interesting. Um, So how long have you been here again? We moved in here in uh, September of 2016, so we just a little over two years. Wow, that's awesome. You guys have really uh, moved in well. Well, uh, I you. see. So it works so well. And there was also some moonshiners here at one point that were inmates, correct? Oh, yes. Uh, there's a gentleman named Red Roland who was an infamous um, moonshiner in this little part of uh, North Carolina. And he lived right across the road. And it's so funny because you hear all these stories about him. He was quite the character, as you would think a moonshiner would be. <laughs> um, and uh he actually spent a year and a day here for moonshining, but there's a great story about how he actually escaped going to jail another time. Uh, his house got raided, and he had this little monkey um, that he'd apparently gotten from a carnival because the monkey was trained when he would meet you, he would tip his hat, hold out his hand for for a coin, and people would give him coins, like in the grocery store. Like, everybody knows who Red Roland is that grew up around here. And when the house got raided, the monkey got very nervous and upset, went down, pulled out a big wad of money out from underneath the carpet, and the police were like, oh, we've got you now. We've got you. He goes to – he goes gets before the judge. Apparently the judge may have possibly been a customer because the judge was um, – persuaded by his argument which was it wasn't my money it was the monkey's money and the monkey has the right to keep money anywhere he wants to so yes perfect that's perfect (laughs) yeah and so we actually have a fifth guest talking of kind of special animals we have a fifth guest with us around the table now do you want to kind of we have blue the distillery dog um we adopted blue from kreitzer's puppy corral a week ago last Saturday, um, Kreitzer's has been one of our partners. Uh, we gave them proceeds from our Sundog 130, and um, they take on uh, puppies that other rescues might not. Blue has um, joined Chewy, who is our uh, also a distillery dog here. Chewy belongs to our fermentation director, Taylor McDade, and uh, we've Marty, um, you, you're holding him. Do you want to tell him about <laughs> Blue? Well, Blue is a little blue dog who is extremely happy to come work every day. Uh, he helps supervise the production of the whiskey in distillation. 
And he does lots of night shifts with Marty. We've recently added a second shift, so we're now doing uh, two shifts of fermentation, two shifts of distillation. And Marty heads up that second shift, and Blue has been a very good supervisor. He has his. He even has a following on Facebook and Instagram. That's right. You did say he has that. Yes. Where can they? Where can our fans find Lil Blue? Um, B L E U, the Distillery Dog. Okay, on Facebook and on Instagram. F- Facebook and Instagram. Perfect. Everyone, go follow Lil Blue. <laughs> it looks like the dog on the bottle. He does, <laughs> and the 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 conversation that led to us starting this distillery between my partner Tom and I were that this was Mia, his dog who passed away five years ago this week. As a matter of fact, um, Mia passed away and you see the, the camo jacket back here. My dear friend, Dr. Hector Henry, who is a Colonel, he has the distinction of being the oldest American ever deployed into a combat zone. He deployed, he was over 70 years old when he went to Afghanistan. He served in every single conflict from Vietnam through Afghanistan. He passed away of a blood disease that they trace back to his time in the Gulf. And Colonel Henry was just a wonderful, wonderful person. And we were both sad and what are we going to do with our life? And Tom said, well, why don't we make whiskey? And after probably far too little research about three days later, I was like, okay, we're opening a distillery. And that was in December and we were open in March. Why well, just start <laughs> drinking whiskey when you can just start making a bunch of it? Yeah. So um, we're happy that, and all of our contributions to animal shelters are in honor of, of Tom Thacker's dog, Mia. This is fantastic. Well, Thank you so much for having us. The hospitality in the South and in at this distillery and in this town has uh, is uh, hands down some of the best I've experienced. And I I went to college in the South, and so it's great to kind of see this again and see everybody wave at you when you drive by. <laughs> um, and uh, it, it's been a fantastic time. You guys have treated us really well, so thank you. You guys have an amazing place, and come visit anyone listening. This is a this is a, a, a site that is a tourist attraction, um, but it's it's unlike any tourist attraction you may you may think that you know of. Um, there's a lot of distilleries that are out there that uh, can go visit to them, go learn about whiskey, educate yourselves. But this is one that's unlike anyone that is out there um, by a long shot. So this is a great experience. They've set this up beautifully, um, and you guys have done a fantastic job in fairly short time so congrats on that oh thank you thank you and i hope your listeners will go to whiskeyprison.com and make a reservation to come see us we'd love to be able to see him and we really appreciate y'all coming to see us thank you it's been a fantastic time thanks again sam you have any last words yeah not only is it like an amazing product great whiskey it's also it's like walking through a museum We're, we're sat in this room now and i'm just thinking uh all those people who would have been sat in the same position over those decades before, I think that kind of power, I think, comes through when you visit. But I think hopefully by kind of learning more about the story and then getting to taste, especially conviction, uh, you'll, you'll get that sense, appreciate that sense. So I uh, appreciate, again, all your hospitality and for having us and for partnering with us. We're really looking forward to getting this out in the Rackhouse boxes. All right, guys. Well, cheers to everyone. Go to rackhousewhiskeyclub.com to try it out. And uh, let's go try some whiskey. Thanks so much. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you.